Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Joining the phone, I have Vance. Hi, Vance. Hey, good evening, guys. Good evening. And girls. Mm, including everyone. Women, children, everyone. That's yeah. right. And that was the voice of Todd Young. Hi, Todd. Oh, yeah. I'm ready to go. He's rip-roaring, ready to go. And good mood. Excellent mood. You're sounding better. Mm-hmm. Are you cured? Totally cured from coronavirus that I had for two months, but it was not coronavirus. I was going to say, uh, let's clarify something on this. Yeah, yeah we should clarify that. <laughs> yeah. It was not. Yeah. It was a joke. No, it was a joke we were talking about. And I uh, wish I had coronavirus, but... Well, I don't think I'd wish that upon anybody, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Be cured and I'd have my anti bodies maybe 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 i don't know we don't know if that's true okay but also on the phone a word that i picked up at this year's musky max at a sports bar we ate dinner with we have one bad ombre on the phone (laughs) we do hi joel how are you i'm hanging in there fellas That was my favorite. That was my favorite saying the whole weekend. There <laughs> was that, and people people want to do what? Do you uh, remember that one? No, you Every, probably, no, no. This is what it was. Everybody wants to be a. Oh yeah, I I, I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I use that one all the time too. So, <laughs> I mean, it's That's, just it's it's a. Uh, it's it's a mindset that uh, Muskie's Inc. Chapter 16 has, and that's why it's had back to back, and probably is going to three peat for the men's open division release uh, tournament uh, around the nation for most Muskies caught. And it's everybody wants to be a badass until they have to do. Until they have so, to be a bad. Until they have to be a badass. There yeah. it is. Okay, I thought it was everybody wants to be a badass until they. Well, they have do, to do. Or have, they have to, to do, do badass but, things. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. There, we, there we go. One of the two. There, there was a lot Three. of liquid influence on this conversation down at the Musky Max. <laughs> yeah. Water. Yeah, I'd be lying if I said there wasn't. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> For whatever reason, like I, I, I've been, I've been holding on to that bad hombres thing for a long time, and I'm trying not to use it because it kind of rolls off the tongue really nice. But I remember in a very crowded sports bar across the street from the hotel, here comes Joel, and he had I, I for whatever reason, I think that he had two drinks, one in each hand. He's walking into this very that crowded. That was for his friends. They were for his. He was ordering. Oh, I was getting to the point that he was uh, helping his friends out. But this crowded corner booth in like barely standing room, and he's just over the whole crowd. There's a couple of bad hombres. (laughs) He was he was enjoying his time, so we have the bad hombre himself. Hail to the chief. Yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty good weekend. That was a pretty good weekend there, that's for sure. Appreciate Joel trying to get some drinks to some of his friends. Yeah. Everyone was thirsty, and you, you had to stay hydrated, so all that water wouldn't deliver itself. Yeah, I did a, I did a lot more talking than I normally do on an average average day, so uh, my throat was a little bit parched. but I cured that. Yeah. 
All good. That is good stuff. Well, I'm going to hammer out my plugs and we're going to throw it back to Joel to wrap up a little Muskie's Inc. thing here at the end. So this podcast is brought to you by Fatty Z Muskie Products. You can find them at our website at fattyzmuskie.com. You can also find the baits at some online retailers. Those are Team Rhino Outdoors and Muskie Tackle Online. And I recently saw Hogan's Hut. That is a brick-and-mortar store. They posted, uh, they tagged us on Facebook, I should say. They uh, they have a good inventory there of, you know, relatively freshly delivered baits. I don't know, maybe three, four weeks now they've had them. <clears throat> but the Muskie season is going to be opening up here in a couple weeks up in New York. So if you're driving up there, swing in and check out their selection of baits and get gas and a nice delicious hoagie so with that being said how's muddy creek muddy creek fishing guides oh my gosh everything is great here i spent Mm -hmm. all day on the phone trying to figure out what was going on phone computer actually we have no effing clue what's going on as what's going to happen up there at chautauqua however you know we got a lot of trips booked if you're interested in coming up and fishing up chautauqua lake give us a call we're going to keep updated on this when we can start. And uh, I know we're going to get, to, I've already had some cancellations for that early season. Uh, we're going to do our best. We might take you down to PA and fish. I don't know what we're going to do, but uh, when we get this all settled out, we will let you know. But as of right now, we're, you know, we're still in shutdown mode, but we still got a couple of weeks. But come down the last minute, we're going to do our best to get everybody out there, get them on some fish. One way or the other, give give you some options, maybe rebook for later in the fall. But uh, it's a cluster F, is what it is. I, so I'm gonna say, I don't know what I'll say. <laughs> well said. Uh, if you <laughs> do come out and fish with us, <laughs> if you do come out and fish with us, uh, you'll be fishing out of Ranger Boats. Big shout out to them for sponsoring this show and Muddy Creek Fishing Guides. Uh, get all your Ranger boat needs at Vic Sports Center in Kent, Ohio. Um, Good dudes, fishermen, they set up the boats. Uh, that's what you need when you're looking for a new boat. Um, St. Croix Rod, best rods on it. Uh, we use those all the time, step on them all the time, break them, replace them. Good people over there. Uh, mostly made in the U.S., but some made in Mexico. Bad hombres are from. So, yeah. better than China. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm hmm. Yes, it is. So that's, that wraps up uh, my plugs. We can go right into Musty Zinc and then start talking to Joel. Todd, that's Musky your cue. You ready to go, Musky Zinc. Hey, get a hold of your local chapter. Find one. Every state that has muskies pretty much has some chapters. If not one, there's multiple. Uh, lots of neat stuff going on with your, with your local chapters. You know, the tournaments, the year-long tournament uh you know turn in your fish you you get access to the lunge log you get a magazine every couple every other month just you know i think it's very important anybody's into muskie fishing should be involved in your local muskie chapter now we also have a special guest here who is the uh i mean he i mean he's really done a lot of work to try to get the chapter presidency uh he put a lot of background into it a lot of you know a lot of a lot of effort to try to get that position. He has it now, and no one can take it from him. Joel. 
I can't give it away. <laughs> Man. Uh, all, all, jo- all joking aside, uh, yeah, I've. This is actually my 12th year with uh, Muskies Inc. I joined. I can't remember my exact date, but it was. Well, I can tell you, I, I signed you up at a tournament because I was a tournament director about 12 years ago and I signed you up for a tournament. I think it was, it was at Pima Tuning. Yes, it was. That was the launch. first one I ever did. Yep. And that's when I first met you and you went from a, I mean, imagine this, You're like look at the politicians nowadays, what they have to do. He went from just a bystander. Let's sign up for a tournament 12 years ago. Now you've held the presidency now for how many years, Joel? Uh, officially, this is probably like the third year. Third year? You were vice president for? Uh, no, I actually never was vice oh, president. Uh, we just, uh, we did the uh, couple years there where, mm-hmm. like I said, basically nobody stepped up. Yeah. Uh, I kind of played the role, but didn't want, yes. want, the, want the actual title. Uh, and I would say that's probably closer to that four and a half, five years. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Look at the progress this guy's made. Leaps and bounds. Yeah. The president. But before that, like you said, I held a position of uh, Mm -hmm. tournament director after you Mm -hmm. stepped down. Mm -hmm. What year did you step down? Was that 2012? Yeah, I can't remember. I did it for maybe three or maybe three or four years, whatever year you started. It was probably like the... (laughs) Like you said, it was probably 12 years ago, so. Yeah. I'll just do the math for you guys. Yeah. That would be 2008. Yeah. A couple of years. And uh, Joel took over. It was great. What does it, What do you do as a tournament director? Um, I have to, I, I want to first give credit to our tournament director now, Will Bibby, uh, because there is a lot that goes into it. Uh, you know, kind of overall, uh, it's not just filling out permits and signing people up, uh, you know, the morning of the tournament and all that. Uh, there's a lot of questions get asked. Uh, people basically, they come to you with all their good and all their bad too. Uh, yeah. Yep. You, you yield a lot of phone calls from, yeah. uh, more bad than anything, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, Everybody has a suggestion, you know, well, let's, let's do this. Let's do that. And, uh, I give him a lot of credit because Will's very patient. Uh, I kind of consider myself very patient too, but it, you know, after I did it for about two, three years, I was like, yeah, I was glad Will stepped up. And, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't patient, Joel. Like when I went in, I was like, this is the way we're going to run it. And that's that's kind of the way I've stepped up to the presidency. You yes. know, it's not. Yeah. That's what you have to do. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can take. You can still take the suggestions, but I was already doing. You know, higher level tournaments. I saw things happening. It's like we can't do this again. You can't have a team tournament. Or, or, or you can't have an individual tournament and have two people in the boat fishing as a team for the day because I saw what happened. Yeah. You know, there were just little things you saw, and I just said, this is the way it's going to be because I know what's going on. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, real real I mean, quick, I want to I want to expand on this. There's a couple gaps that we're we're bridging over for people. So what Todd was saying right there was that there was a discrepancy that you noticed during uh, mm-hmm. tournaments run. So an individual yeah. tournament would be um, every man for himself. So if, let's just say yes. me and person X were casting out of my boat. I caught three fish. They caught two fish. Well, mm-hmm. I beat them in the tournament. But if you're trolling, you could allow this team person, individuals say, I'm fishing against you, but we're fishing in the same boat. By the way, every rod that goes off, you take it. So now instead of me catching three, they catch three. That person catches six, which would might guarantee them a podium position and Mm -hmm. a payout. And you just split it with the other person. So you're acting as a team. So you're doubling your odds against Mm -hmm. a part, you know, someone that might be going individually. And that's where, uh, there was a discrepancy there, and Todd, if mis- yeah. you know, correct me if I'm wrong. That cost you no, a couple. That, of that's days. right. Like two, you know, two friends fishing, and you go in, you go to the results, and one one guy turns in eight, the other guy turned in zero. They trolled a whole all day. I was in numerous tournaments that I could have done the same thing. I was fishing with one of my friends, and I caught three. He caught four. If I would have gave him my three fish. <laughs> we would have won instead we didn't so i just think that was just a fair way to do it you know oh absolutely you you have to make it a team thing you know now we used to go through stuff in pennsylvania and a lot of the lakes that we went to the you know we we tried to do the team thing but we never had a team that got more than one fish anyhow so it really didn't matter but that's changing pennsylvania is definitely changing i'm sure joel's going to talk about that a little bit yeah absolutely uh you know I'll, I'll use, uh, let's say, Lake Arthur, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, a number of years, you know, the, probably the first eight years I was with the club, I did probably 80 to 90% of the tournaments just because I ran them for a while and, you know, was into fishing them and all that. And mm-hmm. I can remember, you know, 30 guys going out on Lake Arthur and one, maybe two fish being caught. Yeah. Two days. A two-day yep. tournament. Yep. Yep. Um, and you know that used to be in kind of mid-late October there, but uh, that's pretty tough fishing. You put, yeah, you know that many guys on the water and one to two fish. So you catch one fish, you're in it. You yeah. Know? And I don't remember for those years anybody really doubling up. You know. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh, just, just didn't happen. Yep. And let's go to 2019. Uh, I believe we had, I don't know, I think we had 30-some people, and we had 35 fish caught Yeah, in that tournament. Incredible difference from what it was. I mean, you're talking over a span of 8 to 10 years or 8 to 12 years, mm -hmm. going from people like a 3% catch rate to 101% catch rate? Yeah. Yep. That is uh not We had one. those tournaments like back when I was start when I started running it, they were like, Oh, we should do these teams for all of them. I said, We can do whatever you want. But you know, the I mean the, I mean, so we had team tournaments. I don't ever remember the ones that I was running that we had a team that caught more than the one fish. And the bottom I mean, in all re- reality, back fifteen years ago, we would have a tournament that three or four lakes in Pennsylvania. You'd have one up at, up in New York, Chautauqua. And 
I'll bet you there. I'll bet you if you added up the first 15 years of the club, most of those years, if you added all those Pennsylvania lakes together, they would not have equaled what the normal turnout or the normal turn-in was on one of the Chautauqua lakes. That has oh, changed. Yeah. That has changed, though. <laughs> you know, Joel, what do you yeah. think has caused that change in, in in the catch rate in the tournaments in recent years? Well, I'm going to go back to, you know, the, the fish commission, uh, the guys at the hatchery, um, the, just the quality of fish that they're raising now is, uh, unbelievable. Um, you know, I did, I did some stalking. Yeah. I probably haven't stalked in about six years, but you know, the first couple years I was in the club, you know, I met Joe Hawk and Joe Hawk was always the guy that kind of arranged all the, the float stalking, you know, getting uh, interaction between the, somebody that was interested in stalking a certain area. And what was and, Joel, uh, Joe's position? Well, Joe has always been a vice president since I started and he's still the vice president. Okay. He's the vice president of the club. He, he's nothing yes. on the fish commission. Well, he well, was. Joe actually is a retired uh, WCO. Okay. For the fish commission. Um, I believe in his last years, he was located, uh, Butler County, Butler or Lawrence County was his, Uh I think it was actually maybe 32 years in or something. Yeah. 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 He had quite a few in, Uh um, but, uh, you know, he had a lot of contacts with the fish commission and, um, so he's retired yeah, he's, fish commission and then he's now vice president of the club and he's been that way for a long time. And yeah. okay. So yes. continue. I just wanted to, I didn't know what his position was. Go ahead. Uh, but anyhow, uh, you know, I was, I remember stalking a few sections of the Allegheny and, uh, some of them I wasn't real, real familiar with. Um, but you know, they, they were bringing these fish in and we were putting them in barrels and, Mm-hmm. coolers and all that and i remember looking at these fish thinking what the hell is their chances of survival you know <laughs> they they were six seven inches long and maybe yeah. they'd look like you know like a sharpie marker they it look like mar- they look sort of like a six inch raptor is what i think yeah that's a that's yeah. a pretty good description <laughs> that's, of it. that's it and uh you know, they're putting a bunch of fish in, but, uh, I remember taking them out, you know, spread them different areas and you would take, you know, a net full of these things and put them in the water and they would just lay there, mm-hmm. you know, wouldn't go anywhere. You could, you could have basically scooped them all back up with a net. I've tried and, that. Uh, it's very hard, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Those things will disappear. <laughs> Uh, a quick story. I went to a, a local boat launch and I started back in the boat. It was at the time that no one was fishing this, this section of river and I kind of had it all to myself and I get to, you know, unstrap the boat. I go down. I'm like, Oh, what is all these? And I'm like, Oh, there's like, I don't know, 30 baby muskies sitting there. I'm like, I, they must have... me that picture. I took, I, I still have this couple photos on my phone of them next mm-hmm. to a maple leaf and they weren't much bigger than this yes. maple leaf. 
that had freshly fallen from a fall tree. And I'm like, I think I can get one of these. And I, the, the longer you sat there and stared, the more that they, they just started to show up. They were there the whole time. Your eye just never picked them up. So I grabbed my big net that I had smaller holes that they would not have gone through. And I tried my darndest. I must have looked like a fool if someone was watching me. I could not get any. Those things darted so quickly. They just like disappear and then re just, just bloop, they teleport. But anyways, yeah, they, uh, they're just sitting ducks there for a bird that's faster than me with my nets <laughs> balancing on a rock. So birds and seagulls are definitely quicker it's about how hard it is for you to catch fish in general. Andy. Uh, very, very true. <laughs> a bird or, or another fish, you know, bass, yeah. walleye. Yeah. Uh, when a lot of the times when these fish were being stocked was, like you said, you know, the leaves are coming down. It was mm-hmm. primarily late September, early October, early to mid-October, kind of when they tried to get them all out, uh, depending on the water temperatures. And you were putting these fish in the water, okay, at a time of year, within the next two months, they were going to face the toughest time of year for any fish, you know, mm-hmm. the winter. Dormant. Uh, yeah, cold water. Cold um, water, they're going get, to get lethargic. And... Not a lot of food. You know, the, these fish were not going to grow anything any from whenever they were put in at that time. And if, it, if they did, it was very little. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the bait fish that uh, was left in any of the systems was probably a little bigger than what, what they could handle. I mean, uh, obviously they could find some food, but... You know, it was just a tough time of year to put them in there. Uh, now let's let's step to 2007. Well, I guess we don't even have to go that far. Um, you know, the, we started kind of working a little bit with the uh, the hatchery, probably I would say 10 years ago. Um, we were able to get some grants, and uh, I remember. Todd, you selling lures on Facebook or yeah, uh, eBay? eBay. I did a bunch of lures for the fundraiser, and yeah, yeah. Um, this is prior to big Facebook stuff. Uh-huh. Huge Facebook. Yeah. Continue. See, yeah, Todd, Facebook. you act like you weren't technically sound back then. I mean, no, I didn't. Were... I didn't have Facebook at the time. I was doing it on eBay. I learned how to use eBay back in. I know, but there were there were no. Uh, there were no of these raffle sites and things like that. Oh, no, 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 no. And a big musky presence on, on the Facebook. And you dog on yourself all the time for being terrible at Facebook, which you are. But Yes, I am. Um, <laughs> I'm terrible at a lot of stuff. You know, the, I knew the, heart, the heart was there. The, the idea was use. there. Let's fundraise through this platform, which is eBay. Mm-hmm. Which we was... had donations. We donated... I know that my own stuff, we had tons of people that stepped up, but we had a guy that retired from musky fishing and he gave us all these lures. And I mean, I would just run a, run an eBay sale, see what we get out of them. And he always got a little bit more when you said it was going to the musky fund. And, uh, yeah, that still, still rings true. I love those, (laughs) uh, those donation raffles that are going to, Uh the 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 musky ink things i always throw in 
don't care what chapter it is. Yes. And, and you see that throughout the region. Well, we had so much going on that at first I was like, okay, I'm just going to put it up. I'm going to eat the, 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 uh, the charge and I'll eat the, uh, the shipping. You know what I mean? I did that on my own, like the first year. And at the end of the year, I looked as like, okay, so I donated an extra, yeah. like a couple hundred dollars. So it's like, okay, so I'll, I'm going to continue doing this. I'm going to look at the charge and I'll take it off of there because I can't <laughs> continue doing that much. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 eBay has to get its cut and shipping. Yes. Shipping's not cheap. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. But it, through these kind of fundraisers and stuff like that, we were able to um, buy the fish feeders for the Linesville hatchery. Uh, now, these these fish feeders are inside. Uh, I'm sure you guys have been at the hatchery and mm-hmm. seen them down in the the lower level there in the hatch house. Um, this kind of limited the interaction between the, uh, the hatchery staff and the, and the fish. Uh, basically what that means is, you know, they weren't manually feeding the fish. These, ha- these, uh, feeders went off at a program time, uh, however many times a day. Uh, they, you know, threw the pellets out and fed the fish. And uh, through that, you know, the fish were able to get a little more weary of people being around them. Uh, to the, the point they're at now, I'm sure you guys have seen the outside, mm-hmm. the raceways out there, where the only interaction they have with with people in general is, you know, there's a guy, a hatchery staff or one of the crew goes out there every morning and uh, has to clean the algae and stuff off the, the walls. And that's pretty much it. Other than that, you know, the fish are fed, taken care of, you know, they're left to no be inter- fish. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's no interaction. Uh, between, like I said, people and the fish and, that has made a, a huge difference, I think, too. Uh, I can see that. Never thought of it, but yeah. We need to let... Where, Go ahead, Joel. If uh, if you look now, uh, you know, I'm, I'm jumping all around here, but uh, the actual fish that they're putting out now, uh, last year... I know some of the later stockings and stuff like that, there's been some pictures floating around of some of the fish that they put out uh, that were pushing about 16 inches. Uh, They would have been, you know, just about a little over one year old. Uh, And that is amazing. The survival rate on those fish is incredible. So, Uh, So they're like two and a half times the length but they're probably like 10 times the volume. We're just bigger, better, healthier fish getting stocked at the correct time to have a bunch of forage base available for them. And then they can have another summer to to make more weight to make it through the winter. Yes. Yeah. Just waiting over that one winter is that like they could eat those ones that we were putting in. Yeah. For breakfast. Yeah. 
you know, pike, walleye, bass, whatever, they get hungry in the winter too. They get to eat. And these small muskies are, were probably, you know, a large portion of them were probably food for something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and over the past, like I said, the past, starting 10 years ago, each year the, the fish commission has gotten better and better with, with the way they've raised the fish. And each year, uh, continually, they've gotten better and better quality fish to where the, I think the point they're at now with the fish, it's more dependent upon the weather than anything. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they need a good water temperature and stuff like that uh, to get the growth out of the fish um, that they're that's going to be stocked. But to me, that's that's made the biggest difference. You know, just just say management of it uh, has made all the difference in the world. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of this, do do you feel that Muskie's Inc. had a, you know, a, at least a fraction or a percentage of helping with changing uh, the techniques and the management of this stocking program from the state? Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I wouldn't say you know, stand up and pat ourselves on the back. But, you know, we, we definitely put, the, we put the work in and, uh, you know, we've helped where we could, you know, and a number of things, you know, between, you know, kind of letting them know where certain areas were, they would do trap netting and not catch any fish. But we had a bunch of guys catching fish here that were, you know, areas that were very, very close to probably being cut from the program. Uh, I think with like, with, with lions, not even just like the trap netting, but chapter 16 is the closest chapter to uh, the hatchery right now. I could imagine over all these years and and through all the, uh, the leaders that are took positions were constantly, kind of like just in the ear of the fish commission and that hatchery about the musky fishing, uh, something that they could always fall back on. Mm-hmm. And that's just from like the stories that you guys are telling. And when we have Jared Sayers on, I think muskies Inc. like, no, of course we're not like, you know, put a pat on the back or anything like that. But I think that, they really used the fishermen that were involved in these in this chapter and eventually throughout Pennsylvania for information like, okay, well, yeah, muskies, whatever, uh, where the trap nets go. Well, we catch a crap ton in this bay, like in the spring. Let's throw one out there. Let's get some eggs going, you know, and let's get some more in this lake. Let's let's make a boom around here. I think that Sometimes the muskies Inc. chapters don't take enough credit for helping uh, the growth of of the muskie population. Yeah, the muskie fishery in general. And, you know, <clears throat> maybe we were kind of lucky in Pennsylvania because we had Joe Hauk, who was a former conservation officer, and he was into muskie fishing. We had Larry Hines involved, who was the... 30 some years he was the guy that was doing the 
all the trap netting and everything that went on in Pennsylvania, guess what? He was also a muskie fisherman and mm -hmm. was involved in the club for a long time. So maybe, maybe we just got lucky, but it is a neat plug for muskies Inc. Like this is what's happened in Pennsylvania has definitely changed over the last 10 years, as Joel said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With the size of the fish, mm -hmm. you know, these ones aren't from Joel putting them in being like, these things aren't going to survive to this, you know, like 12 to 14 inch fish range. Yeah. Uh, is, uh, is very substantial. And I think that you got your hands all over that. I don't think that that happens without people who are musky minded in the chapter saying, saying good things. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. right. One thing I can say, I mean, you know, we have always been in their ear, you know. Uh -huh. um, they've been, over the, over the last number of years, very receptive to, you know, we're not trying to tell them how to do their job. We're just trying to help. That's That's our basic, you know, that's our goal, just to help them out, make uh -huh. suggestions, you know. Uh, help or help help wherever we can uh, just because we want to see the musky fishing better just as much as they do you know yeah um, and i i think in a lot of states and a lot of or you know a lot of areas that this is what was going on before we got this involvement like they're, they're not listening to the guys that are doing it like i can tell you stories about stuff that happened back you know, a long time ago when someone started talking about muskie fishing and half those guys in the fish commission, they really didn't know the difference between a muskie and a pike. They were just working in the fish commission, you know, and uh, but 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 we we were able, you know, the, the club and talking to the guys and we were lucky enough to get those guys involved. Uh, <clears throat> they started listening a little bit. Where else going to get more information you can set trap nets for a, a couple weeks in the spring. You can talk to the fishermen if they're going to give you real information of what's happening throughout the season or what they're seeing, what they're catching. There's a lot of information to be got from the fishermen. Absolutely. Uh, the, you know, you think of it, think of it this way. The average fisherman spends more time on the water than, uh, you know, the biologists and yeah, stuff yeah, like absolutely. that. I mean, because they're not, number one, they're not focused just on muskies, uh, you know, maybe for a week or whatever, when they're doing a trap net study to catch muskies. Um, and they have a number of things, number of bodies of water on their plate. We have guys out there that are fishing that, that body of water 50 day, 50 days yeah. a year or more, you know, put in hundreds and hundreds of hours. They can give you some information of what the, you know, some Absolutely. guys are better fishermen than others, but they can give you information, you know, and Ohio is way ahead of Pennsylvania in that way, because Ohio, I mean, I can remember going there years ago, like if you caught a muskie, you were supposed to take a scale sample, put it in an envelope, send it into them, and, uh, you know, they would take that information and look, where would that fish come from? How old was it? When did we put it in? Da, 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 you know. They Basically, start using fishermen. Mm -hmm. And they have the uh, the musky anglers log. Mm -hmm. 
um, which is kind of similar to the, um, you know, Muskie's Inc. Uh, log, mm-hmm. except theirs is a little more detailed on, you know, it asks you, well, I mean, I mean, I guess the Muskie's Inc. one does too, ask you how many hours you fished between fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Muskie Angler's log, you, you would even fill that out if you hadn't been successful, you know, say you went out yeah. for a day, you didn't do any good. They need to know that information just mm-hmm. as much as they need to know that you caught fish, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to figure out a catch per hour rate. Um, so yeah, Ohio has definitely been ahead, um, ahead of us on that. And we're, you know, we're starting to catch up a little bit here. So that's, good. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the stuff. I think the stocking program is pretty impressive here. I think that there's some states that are going to catch on to it and are envious at it in this, at this juncture. But I think that what's going on in Pennsylvania right now is very special. Um, and the uh, the turnaround is very quick to see the fish being caught. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it's happening quickly. It's not like you know, you put your six inch fish in there and you'll catch a, a 30 inch in six years from then. Uh, they're, they are present in these lights that are getting stocked and the, the way that they're doing it, uh, is super cool because you can go out and catch, you know, 30 pluses in, in a couple of years, um, gives them a fighting chance. I think there's a lot of people that want to get on that regimen. Yeah, they need absolutely. funds. I think yeah. I think Joel will test this. Some of the growth rates that we've listened to at our club meetings from these guys from the hatchery, you know, fish they put in, and what they look like in three or four years, are astonishing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the size of those fish. It's not like what we're doing up there in Chautauqua. It's not like you're doing up in Canada. I mean, it's way quicker. Yeah, I believe, you know, I I believe we have a good, uh, a nice long growing season. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the the lakes are full of bait fish, you know, prawn forage um, for these muskies. Uh, You know, it's kind of like the perfect storm. Yeah. Everything going on right now. Those Um, bait fish that the muskies all kill that the pan fishermen have difficult days because of the muskies eating them all. They yeah. eat them all. <laughs> if the muskies don't eat all the panfish, I mean, they yeah, ate them all. That's, or, that's why you didn't catch them. Or all the walleye or the bass, mm-hmm. everything else. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, so Joel, let's, let's shift gears a little bit here. Okay. As a, as president, what do you do as president? Other than collect an enormous check every year. Well, besides, uh, besides that, let, I'll stop you right there. That's it. I mean, <laughs> I, mean <laughs> I mean, here I am. I'm doing. A, I'm, I'm doing a podcast tonight, but you know, after that, I'm free. So. <laughs> and we. And and how it was it was expensive to get you on here, and we we appreciate us you know coming to an agreement to get you on for that price. Yeah, uh, it worked out. 
Yeah, that sounds signs good. All over Western Pennsylvania, Duke Joel, <laughs> residents. But you, you, you have you have a big responsibility. It's taxing stuff that you do. Uh, and and how long have you been in the position? Well, like I said, the president officially this, I guess December would be like three years. Um. Like I said, unofficially, it's it's a little longer, um, but right now I kind of hold a a number of positions. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm like the jack of all trades here. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I I do all the membership, I do the merchandise, which we don't do. You know, a ton of that, um, and we finally. Uh, we did get somebody to step up and uh, take over the secretary position, you know, uh, does all the notes and stuff at the meetings and general stuff like that. But uh, I still do the articles in the, the musky ink mag, always last minute, you know. <laughs> uh, Same as writing for cause... musky hunter. Yeah. yeah. And you write those on hundred dollar bills, right? Well, pretty much, you know, yeah. when I, mm-hmm. if that's all I have, I'll write them on there. <laughs> yeah, I got you. <laughs> right on. But, uh, yeah, that kind of stuff. You know, I probably every week I'm taking one, at least one to two phone calls from somebody. You know, we get a lot of people, hey, I'm, I'm looking to start musky fishing. You know, can you give me some advice? Uh, you know, where are you fishing? You know, I, I try to point them in the right direction. Uh, and, you know, and, and you just want like undisclosed amount of money, put in an envelope and sent to your address <laughs> in return. Well, yeah, I mean, I take, I mean, I take checks too, you know, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> those, yeah. money the, is money. Here, that, that information comes, that information comes with a price, you know, that's the whole thing about musking. This is the you president can, we're talking to. I know, but you can you can get this information, you, you know, when you become involved and you act involved. You can network with people. Hey, Absolutely. I want to start musky fishing. Where should I go? What should I run? It's just like when people that you never even hear of send me a message or taught a message, and I've never even taken out or never I've seen on the lake, but they never even wave, and they're just like, hey. What depth? What lore? What color? What size? How many? How much? You know, join the join the chapter, and you're not going to have to reach out like that. That information becomes readily available, and it's also there's a respect level there. Uh, you know, the yeah. funds aren't the funds aren't going in in into pockets. They're going towards a good cause. And like I said, if you go to those meetings, I watch it all the time on on Facebook. People that just started that have met other people that have just started and they become friends and they start catching fish together. Or if there's somebody that's been in it for a Mm -hmm. couple years, they'll point them in the right direction and be like, Hey, go fish here today on this spot and throw this style of bait. And all of a sudden they, they have a fish in the net and they are very thankful that their club member pointed them in that direction. That's, that's what's, special about this if i knew about musky zinc before i started i would have been well ahead of of, mm-hmm. of and 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 had more money 
um, because I did it the, an opposite way. But I wasn't aware of what you think until I, you know, I was like five years into fishing. And you're going to get people to say it both ways. You're going to get people to say like, yeah, I joined a chapter. Nobody wanted to talk. Nobody yes. said anything. And you do hear that. I mean, I've taken, I'm sure Vance, you've heard that. I hear Abs- yeah, absolutely. But I mean, but they I were also hear other people are saying the opposite. Like, you know, look how a lot of people can say that their start came. I mean, I think Joel can probably say that. I don't know if you even musky fished very much before you came to that tournament. Uh, you know, that was basically that was, you know, that whenever I started musky fishing was probably that kind of like mid 07 range. Mm-hmm. And you know, when, when I want to say I got serious about, you know, catching these fish and yeah, the next year there I was, you know. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people can say that. Like I joined a club, they got me started in this. And I think there's a whole bunch of people that they might not give that club the credit, but, or not all the credit, but I mean, it was something you did and you started talking to someone, whether it be one of the lure makers. And next thing you know, like Vance just said, you're, you made a friend, you go fishing. And now for you, you know, 13, 15 years later, it's like, yeah, this is what I do now. This is my life. I'm the president. (laughs) Yeah. I just wake up every day, drink, uh, Champagne and put my crown on and walk around the house. Your big uh, robe, as you. Well, sometimes I wear it. I mean, sometimes I don't. Yeah, you don't. You don't. You don't have to. I don't want to flaunt it too much. But. Go to your back window and overlook all that water. You own yep. all this riverfront on prime real estate. Yep. Yes, you do. Yeah, that's but, awesome. Uh, so okay, yeah, let, let's get back to what presidents. What does a president do? Uh, I mean, he was he was saying all, all that stuff. I mean, just say it's stressful <laughs> at points. Uh, it, <laughs> you know, it it can be a little bit, but overall, I mean, this is just a uh, this is something that should be fun and enjoyable, and for the most part, it is. You know, you. No matter what you do in life, you're going to deal with a little bit of hassle here and there. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Overall, uh, you know, the main goal is 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 the same. You know, just let's make the musky fishing better in, in Pennsylvania. You know, uh, because that's that's what we all want. So, absolutely, uh, so it's it's a common goal. Uh, you know, like I said, yeah, there is some work to it. And there are some days I question, you know, why the hell did I sign I'm up for this? Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm yeah. a dumbass here. But, uh... <laughs> and you might, in, in, in the moment, you might not know the good that you're doing. Because you're the person that has to keep it interesting to keep members coming in. And set in keeping the meetings going. And keeping the topics going. And finding out what we're funding for and things like that. You might, that might just be a blur. You get caught up in the moment of having responsibilities where it feels like a job at points. But I mean, I know, I know what you guys do. Todd and Andy know what you guys do. It's, yeah, it's, it's work. It's selfless work too. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, with, with what you're, you're doing when you say that I'm going to become the president. 
we're silent members. We always talk about that. You know, we don't come to meetings. We'll come down and do a seminar for you guys, things like that. But we're silent members. You're on the front lines doing all this crazy stuff. And like I said, you might not, it might get put to the wayside right now in your mind, but I look up to those, to the president and, and, and know that this is a position that you have to keep things interesting and keep uh, keep it goal-oriented uh, for people to keep coming back. And I think 16 is a, a very powerful chapter. Um, and, and I, you know, the reason is the members, but you keep the members coming in. I mean, you're absolutely right there, Vance. I mean, no matter which position you hold, you know, like Joel said something about earlier about being the tournament director. I did it for like maybe three or four years. And I mean, you, I mean, there was a lot going into that, just being the tournament director, you know, the permits, the talking to people, the questions, what are we going to set up? There's a tons of stuff to go into all this stuff. And, you know, Muskie's Inc. chapters are always ready to get involved and take somebody on if you're ready to step up. And uh, the more people step up, the more you can get done. And I give Joel a ton of credit for what he's done for our chapter. You know, as Vance said, I'm just, you know, I haven't been down to a meeting in a long time. Used to go to them. I was one of the founding members of that chapter, but, you know, just don't have time to do that. But I still try to do what I can. Uh, and, I, I, and I appreciate that. You know, yeah. Every, yeah, I try to be humble. You know, we all try to be humble about what we do. And, you know, like I said, it, it's just basically to us, it's uh, it's enjoyable. You know, it, it's a, a club with a purpose. You know, we have a goal. And, uh, you know, over the past number of years, you know, Things have been going our way, and, you know, we're very happy with the results. Uh, you know, I, I looked at uh, membership, I think it was probably Tuesday, just to see what, what our membership was at. And we're sitting a little over 250 members right now. Uh, so that's pretty good uh, compared to, you know, we've had some drops here and there. And uh, I believe a lot of that had to do with when the fishing got tough, you know, a lot of people kind of backed out of the club, you know, and uh, we're starting to see guys come back now. Guys that were probably members, you know, with, with whenever you whenever you guys started the club, Todd. Mm-hmm. Uh, these yeah. guys are coming back because, you know, they're seeing the, the fishing's coming back. And, uh, you know, that, that's great see these guys get involved again and what was uh, the uh what was it like a high point for that membership in that chapter and what what do you like a low point just ballpark i don't need specifics well i know and todd could probably you know he, he's gonna know a little bit more but i've heard that at one point it was over 400 people yeah at one, at, at one point we had like the biggest I mean, that was a big thing with their president that passed away. He was really pushing it. And I think we were the biggest, I think it had more members than any other chapter for a few years. We won the, you know, he won like awards for more memberships turned in. This guy was full time though. 
know, that was his job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it got really big. I think it was the biggest chapter there was for a few years going back. Gosh, 15 years ago now, 18 years ago. I don't remember. And then yeah. like, That's where we're from. Joel, like when, like what, what do you think the bottom was? Oh, probably. Oh boy. I honestly, I'd be lying if I said I knew what the bottom was. I, I just know it's, it's fluctuated quite a bit. Um, you know, I can remember looking at membership and it was down in a 150 range. Okay. So. That was not all that long ago. No. Yeah. But has it, has it went below that? Possibly. Well, I mean, it, like I said, it, it, it's kind of a neat thing that, that you, you're seeing it like kind of back in a heyday, you were in the 400s and then like in the, in the lean years, you're at 150. I, I still think 150, that's all. If you packed 150 people in a room, that's still a pretty strong presence there. But it's neat to see that it's, you know, approaching doubling that, like the, mm -hmm. the fluctuations, the, the ebbs and the flows and all of this. And so, I, I have to say one thing now, too, uh, goes into consideration is there are, you know, right now there's two other chapters in Pennsylvania and there's, I don't know, maybe five or six in Ohio, a number in West Virginia, Kentucky, all that. I think back years ago, I don't think those, a lot of those chapters were around. So, you know, I think we had members from different states and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, New York didn't even have a chapter five, six years ago. Yeah. We had a lot of those people. Mm -hmm. people uh and we still have guys uh a number of guys from uh canada that keep their membership up uh i would imagine you know probably guys from the kawartha areas uh because a lot of the a lot of the guys went up there you know that was uh mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. todd you you were one of them it was always right. up yep uh but we, I think the oddest one we have is there's a member from, I believe, Texas. And that's, he's been a member for a number of years, you know. That's cool. Never, never <laughs> met him, but he's yeah. a guy. I'm pretty sure there's no muskies in Texas. Well, hold yeah, on. Yeah, I don't think there is. Everything's uh, bigger in Texas. They're catching 60 <laughs> inches down there. Might be doing some two-stepping, but uh, probably not catching any muskies down there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, th and that's that's the big thing. You know, muskie fishing overall has grown. There's no question about that. Yeah. Uh, over, you know, my 12, 13 years of fishing, you know, there's – I couldn't even – begin to imagine how many more people are musky fishing now than there were when I first started. And, uh, you know, the main, main reason behind that is, is because fishing's gotten a lot better. You can go catch them. Yeah. People are catching them. You know, okay. uh, a guy can go out to, uh, you know, pretty much any body of water in Western PA. Uh, you know, there'd be a few here and there that, aren't going to hold muskies, but, you know, 
guy just goes off fishing one day and uh, catches a muskie. You know, he's fishing for bass or walleye, whatever. Well, next thing you know, he's interested in musky fishing. And he buys musky rod and reel. And he buys some lures. Well, then he buys a musky boat and he screwed yeah. like the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> he got sucked in. <laughs> put, it on the, put it on the payment plan. <laughs> put it on there. And then he got, you know, tons of musky lures and divorce and... You know, that's just how that's how it worked out. <laughs> I did, but he got lots of time to fish. Joe, I loved that when you bought your new boat a couple of years ago. I remember seeing something, and the people were like, "Oh my gosh, that's great!" And you're like, "Yeah, it's great." I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. screwed for the next ten years. <laughs> yeah, but I got a nice boat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, that's the way to look at it. But yeah. uh, but honestly, I mean. Uh, if I was lying about that story, you know, there was a little exaggeration there, but uh, yeah. it happens. I mean, you know, a, a guy goes out and catches one muskie and all of a sudden he's hooked, you know, yeah. divorce. Just, uh, yeah. It goes from there. Yeah. Yeah. It's hilarious he's, because it is exactly true. But it is. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And honestly, I can't tell you how many guys, uh, you know, that have come to the club, you know, oh, I just got started musky fishing, you know, and uh, they'll say, oh, first musky I caught was 51 inches. <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn, that's a hell of a way to start out there. <laughs> just quit right now. It's, baby. it's yeah. all downhill from here. You might as well pick up drinking. <laughs> yep. And uh, I've told them that and they laugh and. And about five years later, we'll say you were right. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, in all honesty, you know, like I said, uh, the, the amount of people out there fishing, uh, you know, they catch, like I said, one or two fish just because the number of fish is, is grown. Uh, you know, all of a sudden now they're, they're out there musky fishing too. So, uh, you know, it all goes back to, like I said, the, the fish commission, the hatcheries, you know, raising these better fish, you know, provide more opportunities for, for guys to get out there and fish or, you know, catch fish, you know, kind of be successful. So. Is there anything else about the club you want to talk about before we, I, I want to at least bring up one other thing as we're approaching here an hour. Is there anything else about the club that you want to talk about? Uh no, basically, you know, if anybody's interested in, you know, we always encourage people to come out to the meetings, you know, obviously lately with everything going on, we haven't had a meeting. Uh, our, our next one's going to be August. I want to say like 12th or something. Uh, we kind of skip past the summer here because everybody's fishing. But, uh, you know, look us up on Facebook or something like that. Uh, we try to keep everything updated there. You know, even if, even if you're not interested in joining a club, I always tell people, you know, come out to a meeting, come out to a tournament, you know, just, just see what, see what we're about. And, you know, and a lot of times what happens is people, Oh, you know, next thing you know, they're, they're, they're signing up. They want to be a member. 
oh, they met this guy. Now they're fishing with him, you know, and it, it's just a, a big network of, like I said, and every it's a, one common goal, you know, to make the, the musky fishing betters. Uh, that's basically all I have. All right. Well, that's all you have on the professional front there, Mr. Royalty. Can I interject? No. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. You've, you've obviously had some memorable things over the years, but how proud are you as a president to have back-to-back Muskie Zinc uh, Open Division champions coming out of 16? That is pretty – I mean, that is pretty impressive. When you look <laughs> – when you look at it from a grand scheme, you know, uh, you know, it's kind of like you're going to get reelected if you don't quit talking, Joel. It's kind of like the WWE, like title belt. You know, once you oh, get it, yeah, you don't want to give it up. You know, George the Animal Steel. No, no, listen to this. No, <laughs> listen to still. So I, I did that. What was it? 2018, where me and Lori won both the women and the men's. Yep. Mm-hmm. And. You know, we were fishing after charters till 9 p.m., you know, wrapping mm-hmm. up these fish. It was just a hot year on Chautauqua, and we were on them. Um, and then I had a buddy of mine, client, turns into friends, blah, blah, blah. He gets the same fire, and he did it last year, David. Uh, and he's all on board to do it again. This is the kind of thing where we want to just keep the championship in Pittsburgh. Going one for the thumb, or, or, uh, or shooting for it's a, it's like a three peat, and then maybe there would be a documentary like The Last Dance <laughs> about us. Yeah, well, we could do something. I mean, I mean, uh... I mean, there's definitely a bunch. There's enough footage for. I mean, fish catching in the parties, the women. I mean, when you're president and when you win those championships, the women. Oh, good. Continue. God. All right. Yeah, I mean, there's some. I mean, it's not like they're <laughs> on. But, you know. Oh, well, when you win the championship, let me tell you. There's two. I have a few. Jeez. Tells me motion when somebody's at the front door. I had to turn the motion sensor off because there's a line of women waiting oh, to get in the house to be with the world champion. And, you know, that's just what, com- that's what comes with it. And, and, was there men uh, lined up for Lori? No. No. <laughs> no. No, it wasn't for, it wasn't promoted uh, as much. But, um, You're harboring a world champion as well. You stay in your cage. I got well, women my, out here to shoo away. My imagination there wasn't. Um, but just so you know, we did get belts made. Uh, and we had big thing planned for this year, you know, with championship belts. And uh, it's okay because it's going to be pushed into November. Yeah, Vance yeah. was sending me these short videos of him doing like what Conor McGregor did with his like rubber arms. Only he had the belt over his shoulder. You remember that rubber arm thing? Like before. Yeah. Did Mayweather? I really send you a video of that? <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Well well I have to say I have not seen them, but I would like to. <laughs> it gets I will send you my email address. It's crazy out there. The pre- the premise on the boat when uh me 
and client friend Dave Fish is like all WWF oriented, okay. and uh, which is re- which is really really fun. They're like old old time WWF Ric Flair sayings. Um, you know, we won't have music, playing, but we'll have old matches playing. Uh, just all fun stuff, and it's all driven by that musky ink goal. So not only. All those great things happen that we mentioned about Muskie Zinc, but you know, you could find this little memory stuff that we'll have memories of a lifetime for. Absolutely, because of that, that Muskie Zinc, that stuff, it's very funny. I feel I need to clarify something. When I said they're going one for the thumb, there, you kind of glanced over real quick and downplayed the fact that there are three champions in the last two years out of the chapter sixteen. And there was a one four. fish. Yeah, there's four. 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 I, what's yeah. the fourth? Ellie. Ellie, I thought she got second. I think she got first. I thought they were one fish shy. I was just about they to, might have been. I was just about um, to address that. They might have been. No, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking she got first too. I mean, I have the plaque in my in the house there, but uh, yeah, I thought she got first. Okay, I thought nationally. Yeah, nationally. So we're so, so you're going one for, the thumb? one for the thumb. We are, and the next finger over, whatever you're going to pull a Brady. We're going to pull a Jordan. I don't want to say Brady. We're pulling Jordans here. We're going. Uh, hey, hey, come on, come on, don't say Brady. Who, who's wearing dance. the cutoff right over here? Huh? That's very true. Yeah. Anyways, that's why we don't. That's part of the reason we don't say Brady. Yeah, we don't say him. Anyways, um, but anyway, get back to serious. What I was trying to work at here is, you know, and, and we haven't brought this up yet, that we are literally dealing with royalty on this phone call because no one else can I say have their own section of riverfront in their backyard with a throne. Yes. Do you guys remember the throne? Is it still there, Joel? The fishing chair. That's a throne. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Talk about well, the fishing chair. <laughs> I got some bad news for you. <laughs> oh, no. It didn't get walked away, did it? <laughs> no, it didn't get... No, not so much. Uh, I doused in some gasoline last year and uh, lit it a, fl- a fa- flame there. Yeah, it... Uh, it had a, I had kind of left, you know, I left it outside. <laughs> and, uh, it would be a pain to bring in every night. Oh, yeah, it was. But I kind of wheeled it up from, like, you know, from the creek frontage. I, I wheeled it up to, like, you know, on my patio and stuff. And then I wheeled back down, but it was always in the rain. <laughs> and, uh, so what, what, what kind of upholstery are we, we talking about here? It was like I would call it like pleather. I mean, it, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it was uh, it was definitely you know from the 1980s somewhere <laughs> in that era. Uh, wow. It withstood the it withstood the you know the time frame, but uh, the weather it just just couldn't do that. And you have to expand a little bit. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Joel. So tell us what the fishing chair was. It was a recliner. <laughs> That you'd find in a house? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. 
<laughs> a buddy of mine gave it to me. You know, he, he pushed. He didn't give it to me. He kind of pushed it on me. I was like, I really don't want it. He's like, here, just take it. I'm like, all right. I got some ideas for it. Let, let me guess. He, and, uh, you guys were standing in the driveway. I'm going to play this out for everyone. I wasn't there, but this is how it was told to me. He had it in the back of his truck, and he came over to your house unannounced, and you guys are in the driveway. He goes, look, I got this for you. And you're like, I don't want that. Get it away. He goes, look, an eagle. And you turned to look, and you just heard tires peeling out, and it, it was in your driveway. Pretty much how it went down, Andy. I got to be honest with you. There was no eagle, though. But other than that, you, you nailed it. Beautiful. There was a buzzard. Uh, yeah, there was a groundhog, but I don't remember an eagle. So you acquired yeah. this chair. Yep. I acquired it. And I was like, well, what the heck? I got some ideas, you know. And uh, my dad lives right next door to me. And uh, I come home one day, and I just chair flipped upside down. He's like, what the hell are you doing? I was like, I'm putting the wheels on it. He's like, what are you going to do with it? I said, it's going to be a fishing chair. <laughs> he just kind of... And I looked at me like, oh, all right, and walked away. Next thing you know, I put rod holders on it. and uh, <laughs> Will it down to the little the river behind you? Yeah. Yep. And uh, Did it have a cup it, holder? Uh, no, I didn't put any cup holders on it. I just basically took a cooler with me and <laughs> throw it on there and wheel it down and what was uh so you'd park it in your yard on the creek frontage yep and did you use it a lot or was it more of just a i like to know that i have this kind of thing you know i wouldn't say i put a ton of time uh well basically a ton of seed time in it but uh i definitely used it you know uh you know in the summertime a lot in the evening i'll just get on air and dunk some night crawlers or something like that so I'd wheel down there and drink copious amounts of beer and throw the rods out and put them in the holders and wait for a bite. And, uh, it's a pretty luxurious life there for a little while. Mm-hmm. Hey, did you ever catch a muskie out of that chair? No, I did not. What was the biggest uh, fish you ever caught out of that chair? You know, probably would have been a catfish. Uh, well, I think I, I did catch a couple carp. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, maybe like a 13, 15-pound carp or something. But, uh, you know, a lot of the times when I went down there to fish, the creek would be high, high and muddy. And, you know, people would look at it and say, oh, you can't catch any fish in there right now. Well, that was the prime time to put night crawlers in there because you threw five feet off the bank and, you know, there were times both, both rods were going, you know, there were so many fish <laughs> tucked in the shore. But, uh, yeah, it definitely, it caught some fish. I, I got to give it credit there. Uh, but uh, it was more of just an action chair type thing, you know, caught a yeah. lot. But I remember seeing photos and I said that that is the life right there. Mm-hmm. But she's gone. Yeah, it just it got to the point that uh, one time I went to sit in it and I was like, yeah, I cannot do it. 
The wheels were falling off. Yeah. No, it was more the smell. It was just like <laughs> this. This is not going to happen. It's, it's over. This could be the source of a pandemic. It's lighter up. So I, I took took the rod holders off, pulled the wheels off, and uh, you know. You're waiting for a college move-out day to where you can snag another one? Well, that's the thing. I, I can get another one. I just don't know. You know, it, it's it's going to be hard to replace that first one. You know, that was a lot of memories there. It's like your first girlfriend, yeah. Yeah, a lot of memories. So I really don't want to do that just yet. You know, the wound's still pretty fresh here. Yeah, you just put the dog down. You just can't go grab a puppy yet. No, no, you don't want to do that. But yeah, that was it. Was uh, you know a lot of people they'd come down kayaking and canoeing and they'd be like, "That's pretty nice." Yeah. You know, <laughs> and you're and like, I'd be, sit, I'd be sitting in a recliner with a recline, drinking a beer, two rods out. People were like, "That guy's got the life." <laughs> they weren't lying. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and you one of the lines that I think that you told me at the Musky Max was when someone said that you have the life, you should say, "Well, you should see the piles of cash in my living room." <laughs> I might have said that. <laughs> that's that's something I might have said. Yeah. All right, Joel. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? No, I think uh, pretty much covered everything. Yeah, I can think of at least. As we said, we never know where these are going to go, and uh, the podcasts. Yeah, we hit some topics. We did hit some topics. Now, Joel, I, I have to ask, as we joked a lot, is being president a paid position? Uh, Like, like I said, it it has, you know, for the most part, it's no inconvenience to my regular everyday life. Uh, at all, but you know, you get some days here and there, but overall, no. Uh, so, just... so in short, you've it's kind of like a Trump thing, you've just donated your presidential uh wage, yeah, in, into the uh, into it's the like you need economy. It. It's not like you need it, but. Just more, the, yeah, more or less. For the better of the yeah. fishery. I yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Or the just, better of the country. Yeah. Yeah. Like I say, it's it's basically just uh you know, the position, like I said, was was vacant and uh Joe Hawk was the big one talking me into, you know, he kept kept on me, you know, oh you, you kinda do everything now, you may as well just take it. And finally I was like <laughs> Yeah. All right. Let's do it. So that's that's kind of out out work. You know, I'd be lying if if I told you anything else. Well, uh, uh, let me tell you, we, we appreciate what you're doing. Uh, we make fun of it, but it, 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 it you know it's a position. You get you got to answer questions. Uh, mm-hmm. Not everybody wants to step up to it, and there's some work involved. So all the clubs need that someone to step up and take over or the club will disappear. Yeah. And, and let me just say this. I don't want to see the position change hands. You're doing such a good job. And 16 is, is so powerful right now. 
I don't want to see you go anywhere. I want you reelected. Mm-hmm. Well, Joel 2020. I mean, when I'm not running against anybody else, the chances are pretty good that I'm going to get it again. <laughs> I mean, I'm not locked. You know, I'm not. It's I'm not a not, lock, uh, but you don't want to be cocky either. No, I don't want to be too cocky here, but, you know, yeah. I think I got things wrapped up pretty, pretty good here. <laughs> They're intimidated. <clears throat> they know that it would be a landslide, so. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there, there is definitely that, but uh, like I said, they, uh, things are looking pretty good right now. You know, I'm not putting any posters out in anybody's front yard or anything <laughs> anytime soon, so. Hey, what river is in the in your backyard where that chair used to rain? Well, it's actually not a river; it's a creek. I live on uh, Crooked Creek, which uh-huh. which actually dumps into the Allegheny River uh, in Forge City, Catanning area. Uh, I live probably, I would say, about two and a half miles up from the the mouth where it dumps in, uh, but. It's a sweet little piece. Have you caught have you caught muskies from your spot? I know you have. Oh yeah, up here. Yeah, yeah we've definitely caught a few over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the fish kind of move through here. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the neighbor ladies last night, when I was down fishing, she'd actually caught a northern pike. You know, probably mm-hmm. two hundred yards from my house, which. Mm-hmm. Over the years, growing up down here and everything, that's honestly one fish I've never caught in this up this far. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah, surprisingly. But uh, she caught a pike, you know, and uh, I was out just throwing for walleye, and uh, you know, I managed a couple walleye last night. So, you know, definitely. I mean, that is really cool where you live, man. That would be so cool. Just like I'm gonna go through some, some walleye out of my fishing chair. <laughs> well, I actually I had to do a little hiking for these, but uh, okay, wasn't right there. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's the one thing I always tell people: it's very nice living on the water, and you kind of take it for granted after a while until the water starts to like creep up close to your front door. <laughs> You know, man, it's like, you know, what the hell? This is a dumb decision. But, uh, you know, 99.9% of the time, it, it is nice, you know. So. I think it was uh, 2012 or 2013. I got a picture from Joel of a muskie that he caught on an 8-inch white senior that I think you picked up at the first muskie max we did. Caught it in your front yep. yard or your backyard, whatever direction you. Yeah, that was actually. It was probably like I was probably like a mile from my house there. Okay. That picture closer to the river, but yeah, that was uh, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was right. It was right after the musky max, and I believe the musky max at that point was like that was in February at that point. Wait, that was the uh, Butler show. That was the Butler show. Yeah. The Butler oh, the show. But- yeah. Because that yeah. was like they they always threw it on Valentine's weekend, which never before Musky Max. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I do. I do remember that. But yeah, that that is the uh, the body of water. 
I live on. So it's close to the Allegheny River, but it, I'm not right there, you know. So you're like halfway between the Allegheny and the Dam Crooked Creek, would you say? Yeah, I'm a little closer to the river, but yeah, sure. it's kind of, kind of, kind of. That goes up there. I've been to the dam and I've yep. been to the mouth, but I've never, you know, you, you can only like go up so far in a boat. Yeah, you can actually, prob- you can probably get within about three-eighths of a mile from my house. I'm, I'm just, sure. you know, up just a little bit further than that. Okay. But I want to say that from the dam to the to the actual mouth uh, at Roston, I want to say it's in that six-mile range, maybe a little bit yeah. longer. Mm-hmm. So I, I've waited from the, from the dam down. And I fished mm-hmm. from the river mouth up, mm-hmm. but I did. I never got to the same point. We'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Know. That's probably where you live in that S section. Yeah, the only uh, the only time I could actually get a boat or anything up here is, you know, if the water's high. Up sometimes I'll, yeah, yeah. I brought my little boat up here a number of times, you know, just for a cruise or whatever to do mm-hmm. something like that. But uh, yeah, it's. it's it's further than you can take a boat, yeah. even a, even a jet boat, mm-hmm. uh, just a little too treacherous. But yeah, living on the water, like I said, it, it's nice. But or there's some times, like I said, when that water, you know, gets creeping up, uh, <laughs> and it gets a little nerve wracking. Then, but uh, yeah. Other than that, it's, it's not too bad. Excellent. Well, everyone, there you have it. One bad ombre. So bad ombre out. <laughs> All right. Indeed. Love. It. Big thanks to <laughs> Fatty Z Musky Products, Muddy Creek Fishing Guide, Saint Croix Rods, Ranger Boats, Vix Marine, and Muskies Inc. And uh, with that, it's starting to get warm. Let's uh, let's be safe and good luck fishing.